Welcome to our podcast today on Small Business Horsepower. The Small Business Horsepower podcast is brought to you by Apple. You can hear it on Spotify. You can hear it on Google, Pandora, Podbean, our host. And then you can catch us at smallbusinesshorsepower.com. Also, we had a fantastic podcast a few weeks ago with Joseph and Jasmine Mims. You want to check out their podcast, AbundantCulture.co is their website. You want to catch them as well. But today, we're so pleased to have on Small Business Horsepower, Frank Egan, the president of AmSpirit, which is a networking and business referral leads and exchange group of entrepreneurs, which is absolutely fantastic. Frank, welcome to the program today on Small Business Horsepower. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate you uh, filling me in. Uh, you talked to uh, Jazz and Joseph. I'm in the same breath with them, so that's uh, pretty cool. Well, we really appreciate, again, you coming on the program. Before we get to Am Spirit, tell us a little bit about your background, Frank, where you went to school and what kind of profession you were in and so on and so forth. I'll start from the beginning and get through it quickly, but I was born in Chicago, and by the time I was eight years old, my father had gotten a PhD and he got a job at a college in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, Michigan Tech. So I grew up about as far north in Michigan as one could go. And then after high school, went to college in Wisconsin. And that led me to law school at The Ohio State University. Uh, I got a law degree and an MBA from Ohio State and then started my career in public accounting as a tax consultant. And it was a great job. It was great pay. It was great everything, except it was taxes. And I didn't want to do taxes for the rest of my life. And so I left and went into private practice. And I tell people that a funny thing happened to me when I went to, into private practice. And the funny thing was that nothing happened. I had no idea how to get clients. And so I, I struggled for about five or six weeks. And somebody said, you need to get into a leads group or a tips club. And I had no idea what they were talking about, but they connected me with people who were someone who's putting these groups together. They were based out of Pittsburgh. I'm in Columbus, Ohio. And immediately it made total sense that you can help yourself. You can lift your whole world up by helping other people. And so I got very involved in that uh, and ultimately bought it out in the early 2000s and stopped the practice of law. So that's how I got into this. And that has led me down a path of really becoming a student of professional relationships and business networking, writing books on the subject, articles, giving speeches. So I've got podcasts that are devoted to it. So that's, uh, that's how my world got going. What a journey that is. I was listening to one of the other podcasts you were on in preparation. An interesting topic came up that I wanted to start with you on about networking because I always felt for me, networking came very naturally. I mean, I had other things that didn't come naturally as I build my aerospace business. I wasn't a product guy or a technical guy, but I always felt like networking came naturally. I was listening to one of your podcasts and I found it interesting where you said the reason you joined that group is it didn't come naturally to you. And so I wanted to get that perspective for you, for our listeners, for those who feel like, hey, I can't network. It's not me. Tell our listeners how you made that transition. You know, we all kind of are a product of our environment, of our upbringing. And, you know, my dad was a professor. My mom was a teacher. And, you know, you your clients just kind of come to you when, when you're in those professions. And I 
kind of grew up believing that you did well in school and you got credentials and that would be the path to success, but ultimately started to realize. And, and so when you think that's your path to success, you know, all you believe you need to do is just kind of shove your credentials in front of people and they'll do business with you. And the reality is, is that there are lots of people out there with law degrees and lots of people with MBAs and lots of people who have great experiences. And the differentiator really comes down to relationships. Yeah, sure. When you're going in for heart surgery, you want the best and the brightest heart surgeon you can find. But if you're looking to get auto insurance, you know what? You don't really care if it's the best or the brightest. You want somebody who cares about you, you know, and who's going to kind of look out for you. And that's where you start to stumble on it and realize that the people around you who are successful aren't necessarily any smarter from a book perspective, but they've done a great job of building relationships. So, you know, I think it's a, it's a lesson we all need to learn eventually, some sooner rather than later. Right. And explain a little bit about sales strategy, because, you know, I was listening to you talking about how you approach a sale in the spirit of networking like you do, or a hard yes or no answer when you come at someone to sell something. Think. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about that differentiation and how that works? Yeah, you know, somebody gave hit me with a quote the other day, I think is very applicable. They said, if you build relationships, essentially relationships come before business. And if you're willing to build the relationships, the business will come. And it's not really a chicken in the egg sort of a thing. Well, you know, once I have clients, then I'll have relationships with them. No, you need to have those relationships first is really what it boils down to. And it's very true. People want to do business with those that they know, they like, and they trust. And nobody likes to be sold to. We like to buy. We all want things, but we don't want to be told what things we should buy or what should be on our list of things to buy. When I'm out working with people, and to a degree, at some point, there's got to be some salesmanship. You've got to, you know, you've got to say, okay, are we ready to buy? But in reality, it really starts out with just having a conversation and building a relationship and getting people comfortable with you. If they have a need and a desire for what you have, once they're comfortable with you, it makes it that much easier for them to buy. That's kind of interesting because I've always had, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I've always had that feeling that you have to have a closing. In other words, I remember when I was in telemarketing and people would have a wonderful, beautiful presentation and they'd tell you how you can buy this magazine for $6.99 and a clock comes with it and so on and so forth. But at the end, they wouldn't ask for the order. They wouldn't say the one magic word that you needed in telemarketing which by the way was okay because once you ask say the word okay then i'm asking you for a decision but if you don't say the word okay then the line kind of goes silent and people hang up the phone or say hey i've got to go eat dinner or something and hang up so how do you relate what you're saying here about soft selling and networking into something but at some point don't you have to ask for an order oh i mean you certainly do but you know there are seven billion people on the this planet, plus or minus. Seven billion people, and none of us can handle all those clients, and we don't need all those clients. But there are enough people out there who are ready, willing, and able to be your client. And you know, telemarketing, that's hard selling. What I'm talking about is creating a business where people are referred to you. Here's my client, here's my friend, he or she needs auto insurance. You know, he or she needs a mortgage, he or she needs what it is you have. They're coming at you with a definite need. All you're really doing at that point is you're convincing them about you over somebody else. 
And yes, at some point you have to say, listen, if we're going to move forward, how do you want to handle this? How would you like to pay? How would you like the arrangement to work? Yeah. So there's some salesmanship there. But when we're talking about telemarketing, that's really kind of an awkward, hard sell. And people do that and they do well at it. But a lot of people really fail at it. It's a hard thing. Well, tell me this. Everything is technology driven today. I mean, everything is now going digital. Everything is social media, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, which is very successful, so on. But do you still feel that we need face-to-face interaction in networking? Or is that going to fade even more over time and everything is going to be done online or through email or whatever platform? that people choose to use. What's your feeling on that, Frank? Well, it's certainly going to depend upon what we're buying. You know, I can go on Amazon or I can go on Barnes & Noble and buy a book. I don't need to have a relationship for that. But if I'm going to be working with a financial advisor, an attorney, I want to have that relationship, something where it's kind of ongoing. And I think LinkedIn helps us from the standpoint of It helps us from the standpoint of being able to be able to communicate with people faster and further. I mean, you and I have never met in person and we're here on Zoom. We're recording audio, but we're here on Zoom. We can see each other. And I just feel that there's a sense of connection when you can see the other person. I can see when people say things, okay, they're kidding or whatever I said, you know, what resonated with them. And you lose all that. Certainly with the telephone, you certainly lose it if it's all just bits and bytes and people ordering online. We're not getting away from relationships. Technology does not replace relationships. It just allows us to communicate further and faster. That's all. That's a good point. Well, then how does the AmSpirit franchise work? Tell us a little bit about the organization and how people come there to network and help their businesses. For those out there who are familiar with a BNI or a LATIP type model, uh, we're very similar to those. It's they meet every, these groups meet every week, it's one per category and it's a structured format of, you know, people getting to know and like and trust one another. But uh, as I indicated the the groups meet weekly and it's really about building relationships with one another and then helping one another be able to recognize opportunities. You know, when you see this, know that the real estate person could help out in this situation. The franchise opportunity is simply just an opportunity for somebody to be responsible for grow and profit from Amspirit chapters in their neck of the woods. So if somebody were in Indianapolis, Indiana, just as an example, uh, and they had an Amspirit franchise, they would just follow our process, tap into all the materials we have on the website, and they could build chapters and people are paying fees and a lion's share of those fees go to the franchisee. I was just thinking about it and what Amspirit is doing. Haven't we been doing this for years Like if you have Rotary Club or all of these type of ways to connect with people to help build your local business, am I on that right track on that? No, I think there's certainly an argument for that. And I will say right out of the gate, Chambers, Rotary, Kiwanis, Lions Clubs, those are all great organizations. But what I find is is that people go to those organizations for lots of different reasons. People might go to Rotary because they want to get clients. It's a great way of networking. People go to Rotary because, you know what, I don't really need to be here for business. I just want to give back to the community. Or people will get involved in those organizations because they just want interaction outside of their office. And the problem is, is that because everybody's coming from a different 
motivation, you never really know who's a potential person to have a business conversation with. Whereas with the likes of Amspirit Business Connections or your Latips or your BNIs is that we all know everybody who comes through the door, why they're there. They're there for business and nobody needs to be shy about that. They can certainly just let us know. It's really about developing a relationship at that point, which you would do in Rotary as well. But we spend a heavy emphasis on getting people to educate one another on what to look for. When you see this on a house, shingles missing, that's an opportunity to connect me. And this is how you can connect me with these people. I've got a roofing business and I can help fix this. It's a very good point. How do you feel about things today, given the COVID-19 situation? And how did that affect, do you feel, networking in the last year and a half, especially when people have been home and so everything they've been doing is online? Do you see people now getting back out? on the street. And let's talk about that first. No, I think that life is what you make of it. And certainly COVID-19 was tragic for many people personally and professionally. But what I saw COVID-19 do for the small business community really inspire a resolve to be successful. I'm going to figure this out. Nobody's going to give me a handout. There were governmental programs they weren't huge governmental programs. They weren't banking bailout type money, right? It was just, you know, here's some money. And so a lot of these businesses figured, you know, we got to find a way. And so they became very resilient, became very resolved in, in trying to do things differently. I think that a lot of businesses that didn't before really started to integrate the likes of Zoom into their into how they do business. I know an attorney, for example, who was just totally dismissive of the whole notion of using Zoom with his clients, but after a few weeks of seeing all the things you could do with it through his group, his Amspirit chapter, he's like, you know what? I can see this being a big benefit for my clients. I'm not chasing them out of their house for conversations. They're having to travel a half hour for a 15-minute conversation. They're going to be very appreciative of this. I'm going to be able to do a whole lot more because I'm not ushering clients in and out. I can just pretty much just end the Zoom call and then jump on to the next one. And so it's, you know, I think we're going to learn a lot from it, you know, but as far as relationships go, yeah, people are getting back to normal. There is some hesitancy by certain people. And we all had a different experience. We had similar, but we all had, you know, little nuances to our experience. You know, if you're somebody who lost a loved one or, or loved ones, you're more likely to be a little more cautious going back into things. But a lot of people are, you know, let's get back at it. Let's get out there. Let's shake hands. Let's pat each other on the back. Let's get back to normal. Speaking of tenacity, I was listening to one of these podcasts, other podcasts you were on, and you were talking about an attorney's, one of the attorneys in your form that went on disability and got hurt. And then suddenly, next thing you know, has a business. I found that interesting. Tell us that story. Yeah, that was actually in, in the mid 90s. Guy I worked with, his name is David Singh. In fact, I, it's funny you should ask that because I was thinking about him yesterday and I was just kind of searching online to see what he's up to. But he had hurt his back. And this was right around the time the internet was just coming into being. They were talking about it, you know, and it's just nobody really knew what it would be. 
but he'd hurt his back and he had to have back surgery and was going to be not able to work for like six weeks. And the firm we worked for, the accounting firm, had issued us all laptops. And he's like, you know what? I can sit at home and I can watch daytime TV. And mind you, it's not TV like we see today where there's, you know, a thousand different channels you can watch and shows that you can stream. You know, this is the 90s and there really wasn't a lot on during the day. He said, but or I can stop and I can really figure out how to improve myself. And so he really dug into understanding what this internet thing was and got into user groups, which really don't exist anymore to a certain extent. And through that, becoming a real student of this up and coming internet thing, the World Wide Web, stumbled across somebody who had started an internet service provider had a thousand clients and it was like, you know what, this is kind of fun, but they weren't betting on the internet. And so they wanted to sell. And he's like, you know what, I'm in the right place. I've developed myself. I think he got a loan. I think it was like $30,000. It wasn't a ton of money, but it was more than he had. He got a loan and he bought the business. And when his disability was over, he literally walked in and said, Hey, I'm Here's my two weeks notice. You know, I got a business, which I thought was really inspiring. It's a great story. Anyway, you're listening to Frank Egan today on Small Business Horsepower. We're so happy to have him with us. Frank, we've been through these bumps, a lot of them, but lately the 9-11, the market crash, the tech bubble. You think we're going to come out of COVID the same way or is this going to be different in how it's going to impact our relationships and our businesses, small business? businesses going forward? Yeah, I mean, it will impact them. When you go to the airport, you still take off your shoes to go through security. We're 20 years removed from 9-11, and we're still doing that. We have the technology where that probably isn't necessary, but it's still happening. And so there will be things I flew last week and, you know, you wear a face mask on the plane. I, I was wondering to myself, is this something that will just be ongoing? I don't know. The airlines might say, you know what, let's just be conservative and keep the face masks on. And maybe that's just maybe it'll be a federal thing. I don't know. But, you know, the reality, if you stop and think about it and we all just kind of look at our lifetimes as being history or our experience. But if you look at it about every 10 years, there's something right? You had World War One, Then you had the market crash and the Great Depression. And that led into World War Two and the Holocaust. And that led into the Cold War, Korea, and then Vietnam. And then, you know, in the 90s, you know, we had a market correction, you know, and then you get to the tech bubble bursting, you know, so you can kind of go forward every 10 years and it's like, okay, there's something. But, you know, we as humans figure, oh my gosh, you know, we're cursed. In the next 10 years, there'll be something. I don't know what it'll be that we'll have to deal with. And that's just how it is. That's just the nature of our existence is that things come up and we deal with them. This one though, really, in a way, hurt small businesses a lot because, you know, you think of the small businesses, you got the restaurants and all of these type of places, retail. And, but like you said, things will come back and you have to fight through them. Yeah. I mean, it did hurt, but it hurt, but it also forced people to innovate. I mean, certainly it helped the likes of Amazon, but it also helped other businesses say, okay, how can we capitalize on this? There are a lot of restaurants out there that have a carryout component that they didn't have before. And they're like, well, why are we going to get away from this? People like to have our food. And so you have the likes of Uber Eats and things like that, where people are having things delivered to them. So it's, it was tough. 
you know, we've kind of innovated and there are a lot of businesses that are better for it. Yeah. And talk a little bit about your journey to help other people. I mean, I was listening in preparation to one of the podcasts you were doing and I found it interesting for myself because over all the years that I built my business, I went with the tenacity, but that tenacity was always centered around closing a deal, making a sale, and it was centered around me. And even personally, a lot of things in my life have been centered around me. But then, you know, over the years, I've started to really take an interest in other people. And I found that, you know, understanding their needs, how how, how they work, how that has really helped me both professionally and personally. And I was hearing you talking about that the other day on another podcast about the difference between the journey of trying to close a deal and build a business and helping other people, but how those two kind of come together at some point. Can you talk a little bit about that? Someone shared a story with me. It's not a story. It's a Margaret Mead, who's a famous anthropologist, She was teaching a class and one of the students asked the question, what was the first sign of human civilization? And she thought about it and everybody thought, okay, she's going to come back with, you know, weapons, clay pots, tools, something like that. And she came back and she said the first sign of human civilization was when we found skeletal remains with healed femurs. And she went on to explain in the animal kingdom. And the femur is the bone that connects the, the hip to the knee. In the animal kingdom, if an animal breaks a leg, certainly that bone, it's a death sentence. But the fact that they found humans with these healed femurs led them to surmise that somebody stuck with that person and cared with them for about six weeks, because that's what it takes for that bone to heal without medical care, about six weeks. And so it's really gotten me to think about just the whole human experience. And, you know, there was a time not too long ago not 100 years ago, not 1,000 years ago, 5,000 years ago, 10,000 years ago, we lived in clans or tribes of about 150. And that tribe didn't really see other tribes. But to, in order to stay in that tribe, you needed to contribute. You needed to be a contributor to that society. And if you didn't, you were thrown out or worse. But being thrown out was a death sentence as well. And so we've always been really keen to looking around at what are other people contributing to the world? And so with that understanding, and that DNA is still running through our veins, with that understanding, you have to realize that when you actually take the time to help other people, people are watching. Certainly the person you're helping is paying attention to that. Certainly the people who are firsthand onlookers of that are seeing that, and they can't help but know, like, and trust you that much more when those things are happening. So I have found that it doesn't work perfectly, but it's reliable enough to bet on that devote yourself to helping other people is a great formula for building business into your world. The people I see out there who are the most successful are the people who do the most for other people. That's great, Frank. Frank, with that, it seems like we run out of time. 30 minutes has gone so fast, but we really want to thank you today for joining us on Small Business Horsepower. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And we hope you'll come back and talk to us some more. Some more. There's so many more things to talk about. So again, thanks to Frank Egan. You can, uh, where can people find you, Frank? You want to give your website and information about Am Spirit and your podcast and so on? Yeah, I make it real simple. I have a website out there, frankagin.com, F R A N K A G I N.com. 
on that site. There are links to my podcast. There are links to all the books I've written. There's links to AmSpirit Business Connections. There's links to communicate with me. All right there, frankagan.com. Okay, thank you, Frank. And we look forward to having you again on Small Business Horsepower. Thank you very much. Thank you.